Welcome back to the Offside Report, brought to you by Sportsmates EPL Live app. Once again, there's plenty to talk about this week, and headlining the show are the curious cases of the two North London rivals. Roles have been reversed since three weeks ago when Tottenham and Arsenal were sitting at each end of the Premier League table, and now they're making up the numbers in the middle with nine points and a negative five goal difference each. But has Arteta's game plan finally unlocked the potential to the Gunners, or did it just seem that way due to the lack of a game plan from Nuno? Manchester United lost to Aston Villa at home, and was that the last we've seen of Bruno taking penalties off Cristiano Ronaldo? Manchester City gave their title rivals a little reminder of why they're champions with a 1-0 win away at Chelsea, while Liverpool dropped points in a six-goal thriller at Brentford. Late goals were also a theme of the weekend as Antonio snatched the three points for West Ham at Leeds, while Jamie Vardy and Neil Morpay rescued a point for their respective sides as well. All that and more on your weekly offside report. And joining me as always is Jimmy, Mitch and Al. And boys, it's fair to say none of us enjoyed that weekend, but if there's one man here who I can understand wouldn't want to be here chatting, that is Al. So how are you feeling, mate? Yeah, thanks, Nick. Yeah, I'm not feeling too good. It's pretty (laughs) disappointing. Don't really want to talk about it, but obviously I will. Yeah, we will. I promise to go easy on you, but I can't guarantee that from the other two boys. So I don't promise. Speaking of Jimmy and Mitch, welcome. Thank you, thank you. I thought we were sponsored actually by Carlton Draft because I was just put down six in the uh, pre-show meeting, and um, I'm not going to go easy on Al. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. He needs to get on it. Oh look, I'm I'm not sitting any prettier than Al, but I didn't cop three on the weekend, so. I can't complain too much. I feel like Jimmy's weekend evened out with Juventus finally actually, you know, putting some results on the board. Mm, out of the relegation zone. <laughs> we are, Juventus is out, out of the relegation zone. Thanks, Mitch. And yeah, the midweek games are tough, you know, being Spezia than being Sampdoria, they're, they're tough games. So good two wins for Juventus. So I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm okay this weekend. Not like you boys have only got the one side, unfortunately, and, and you're very distraught. Let's start off with addressing, addressing the elephant in the room, Jimmy and Mitch. And the question for both of you is, was Bruno right to take the penalty off Ronaldo? Uh, no, mate, he's the best. He's the best player in the world. He's the most composed player in the world. He takes penalties he scores them you don't take it off him that's rubbish never happens again it will it, it should not happen again that is disgusting one of the worst things we've seen this season you give it to Ronaldo that's it he scores that and the pressure got to him he puts it over the bar and then I've got to sit through a week with Nick and Al bloody giving it to me because Nuno because he's made a mistake Bruno Fernandes far out and you Mitch look it's it's one of those things if Bruno doesn't take it and Ronaldo you know scores it no one says a word Bruno steps up in the back of his mind. He's got the pressure of, and let's put it, put Ronaldo aside. Bruno is a good penalty taker in his own right. He has done extremely well at United thus far with penalties, but now he's got that extra added pressure on every free kick he takes, every penalty he takes that oh, not take Ronaldo. So, you know, that bit of extra pressure eats into him and you know what? Full stop. Ronaldo has to take them from now on in, in the games that if, if Ronaldo's on the pitch, he has to take them because as Jimmy said, pressure is, he, he thrives on it. He lives for those big moments. And with how much he gets paid, he better be scoring them as well. So, you know, Ronaldo takes them here on out, full stop. At least on target though, Mitch. Doesn't mean, like, so keepers can save them, but at least get it on target. That's, oh. that's what frustrates me. To put it pretty much into the car park is is ridiculous as a professional footballer. <laughs> it's just, it's it shouldn't be happening. When Ronaldo's in your team, I, um, you, I just don't understand why you'd put yourself under that sort of pressure. Just let him deal with it. But yeah, go on, Al. I mean, I mean, you say you say about Fernandez though. He scored thirteen goals for United, right? 
30, 30 goals for United, 13 from the penalty spot. So he's still pretty decent, but yeah, that was a shocker. It, it doesn't no. make sense. It's like you, you, you're you going to um, go for a, a you know Sunday drive or whatever, and, and you've got to beat your mate to, to get to Rye. Not that we've ever done that before. You've got the choice between a Ferrari or a Honda Jazz, and you go, oh, look, we'll, yeah, we'll take the Jazz and see what happens. No, take the Ferrari and make sure of it. You'll get there first. Gee, I've never heard of that analogy of no, Bruno Fernandes being and compared halfway, to a Honda Jazz. through but... that analogy, I was like, I've lost it. But I just went through with it and uh, we got there in the end. You can't, you can't really take anything away from Aston Villa, though. I mean, they played fantastically well. A team on the, on the up. They did. And they're a good yep. side too, Al. They're better than they're better than Brentford, I'll tell you that. Well, they are they are better than Brentford, but I said last week, mate, um, that this game was going to be good. They're both attacking sides, and you can't you can't write off Brentford because they've already taken points off Arsenal. They beat them. They did well at Wolves last week. They're going to be a good side. Um, they're going to so get relegated, Nick, and they just drew with Liverpool. And they're going to get. I'll remember three. that. I'll remember that That's when fine. they don't get That's relegated. Fine. You can remember that they will get relegated, but but if full, you know, look, full strength. I want to ask Al this because he's he's got a good defensive mind. Full strength Liverpool defense and Brentford have put three. Is that embarrassing for Liverpool? Yeah, it's pretty Al? embarrassing. I mean, you talk talk about calamitous defending, but some of those goals were pretty bad. Hmm. Um, they were, they were, they were. They are, but you know, those games happen. We, I think, defensively, we've been pretty solid for uh, most weeks or all weeks. I think we've kept uh, like four four clean sheets. So. These games happen, but they'll bounce back. I'm not. I'm not worried about it at all. Um, we've already seen. We've already seen City drop points and uh, United drop points in a couple of games to Southampton and Villa. It happens. It happens. Yeah. Sorry. Before we, we move on to the other games, we, because you, you brush past Al pretty easily. Al, please explain. We will rewind a little bit and say when Alan came in here, uh, he said, "Look." We've beaten Manchester City. There is no way. We can't at least top two. I'll give you that. You didn't say you were going to win it, but you said at least top two. There's no way. How does it feel to be one of the worst teams in the Premier League at the moment and lose to Arsenal in the most important game of the season so far? Well, that's it, Jimmy. I mean, I, I don't think I said we would be in the top two. I'm uh, you know, that, not that optimistic, as I know. <laughs> uh, but, what, yeah, what can I say? You know, nine, shipping nine goals in three games as well. We're talking about, you know, three London derbies, three losses. Um, you know, mm. Arsenal blew them away in that first half with those that, the three well-taken goals, uh, especially that one from Saka. You know, the, the movement and determination, you know, that goal was pretty sublime. Um, and it took 45 minutes really to realise, from Nuno to realise that that midfield was literally non-existent. I mean, he's playing 4-3-3. Um, there's, there's so much space for, for the Arsenal players to, to run around. And, and you could see that. Um, and three goals down yep. at half time, it's game over. A second half, they came out, they played a little bit better, changed a few players. They took Dele off, who again had a stinker. Unfortunately, not sure what, what's happening there. And they had a few chances. I mean, Kane, Kane at least had a few shots on target this week. Could have could have scored a couple. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's not looking too great at the moment. How did you rate Harry Kane's performance, Al? Because I mean, the pressure's got to be starting to build on him now, surely. I know I know, he, uh, his performance this week was a little bit better, but still no goals and another bad result for Spurs. So how, how did you actually rate his performance? Oh, look, he's so indifferent at the moment. Um, I mean, he's probably, he probably got about a 6 out of 10. That's a nice way of saying crap. Yeah, it's a nice way of saying crap. He does, look, he, does he really want to be there? Who knows? You know, you know, City came in for him. Uh, but yeah, it's just... It, He'll score goals. We know he'll score goals, but it's taking time. And against against 
you know, those those guys in red across, you know, across the road. It's, we, we've got to be be competing with those guys. I mean, and right now it's yeah, it's not look, looking too good. They're ranked last in the Premier League for shots. They've had the least amount of shots than any side in the Prem. That's that's ridiculous. Mitch, I want to ask you because you're the coach of the group. Is that you heard after the game? Nuno was saying that he got the game plan wrong. He said the game plan was wrong, and I had the wrong players on there for the game plan. What was? Do you know what he was referring to? What did, what did that mean? I think he could almost be protecting his players a bit there and trying to take the blame away, put it on his shoulders, doing the right thing, coming to his new coach at the club. And he wants to try and shield his players. But we are seeing a different Nuno as well, where we all know he's, he's a defensive coach that wants to, you know, get that smash and grab win. He's used to having Jimenez at, at the top that just gets the, you know, cross the bullying, but Kane can cross and Kane can finish crosses. So, but I think maybe he's come to Tottenham mm. and he's tried to tinker his game plan, tinker what he does naturally. And I think he's got to go back to what he does. So I think those comments could be half of him mm. admitting, yeah, you know what, I've gone away from what I believe in. But I think the other half could be protecting his own players. The other thing is that um, for Arsenal, just going back to Arsenal here and from a coaching standpoint, Arteta getting uh, Thomas Patry back into that midfield has been huge. He has literally been the catalyst of their better performances. I think when he came off the bench at the start of this three-game winning streak uh, for Arsenal, the whole game changed. And I believe uh, it just he just seems to have that little bit of extra desire and he pushes the team and he controls it and he just controls the game. And we saw that against Tottenham. And... You know, he led them, really led them to that game and to the, to the win in the end. But I think Nuno's under pressure and he's just got to go back to what he believes in and back himself as a manager because we all know he can do the job. What he did at Wolves was incredible. So, but he's got to get the belief of those players and maybe maybe him coming out and taking some blame and taking some something away from the team might just give the players a reason to play from a bit more besides, you know, their $100,000 a week salaries. And Jimmy, one for you as well. Were, yep. were we naive to question Arsenal's performance earlier in the season, given the players they were missing, like Aubameyang, Lacazette, Thomas Partey, he returns. No, no, I don't think I don't think we were because what do they lose? You know, it was aggregate score of nine nil. You know, <laughs> they did, they got absolutely thumped. They were playing horrible. They were playing with no heart, no determination. And yeah, it's it's been a turnaround the last couple of weeks. But I think this says a lot about Arsenal that they can beat Tottenham because the teams they they beat previously that you know wasn't wasn't much. But because they've spent so much as well in the transfer season, there was that extra pressure as well to say, hey, where the hell are the results? We're spending money for what? But finally, they've got a result which is good a little bit of pressure off Arteta and then they've got I think they've got Brighton up next who have been pretty good too so don't rule them out that's 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 actually a tough one I like what Graham Potter is doing there um a little bit of magic from Potter um but I think no I, I think we weren't naive to um to question them at the start because it's been a complete turnaround I didn't see that coming to be honest credit okay well, credit where credit is due right they were quite impressive against Spurs but you know a month ago you're saying you know they're bottom of the league. They've lost. They've got the same amount of points, same amount of goal difference as Spurs right now. If you look at the table, Arsenal are tenth, Spurs are eleventh. You know we're talking about pretty two pretty average mid-table teams at the moment. You know there's there's all this talk about Arsenal, classic Arsenal coming back, champagne Arsenal and stuff like that. But you know they've had three three losses, and you know they've got goal difference of minus five. But I do I do I do agree with you there, Al. I mean even though. Uh... Arsenal are on a three-game winning run. Their, their last two wins uh, weren't that um, weren't that They're convincing. They're both one-nil wins. Yeah, both them, yeah. 
both of them one nil. Uh, one of them came from a uh, own goal, I think it was, and the other one could have been a penalty or a very scrappy goal. I, I can't really remember at the top of my head, but yeah, I mean, the Tottenham game was their only real convincing performance, and you expect that because that's what happens in derby games. You get up for it, so it'll be interesting to see. Like Jimmy said, they've got Brighton next week. It's it's not an easy game, so we'll see how they go against yeah a good good opposition, um, informed opposition. Nuno. Talking about players, buying players over the summer. You know, we had a f- all the three players that we got, Emerson Royale, uh, Romero, Brian Hill, they're all on the bench, sitting on the bench. Brian Hill came on, played well. But you've got Romero. Isn't, wasn't he like Serie A team of the year last year? Atalanta, he played in a good side as well. He played Champions League football. Like, he's a decent player. He's very, so. he's a, you know, he, he just won, 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 you know, Copa America with... Uh, with Argentina, so why isn't he playing? I don't. Then, know. I don't know. I just just don't think Nuno's you know has has the trust in the players. He doesn't know his, his team yet. He doesn't know who to mm. start. Well, let's go across. Let's let's go across London and to Stamford Bridge. And this was the early fixture here in Australia. Nine thirty, Manchester City, Chelsea, and Mitch. We got a good reminder of why we shouldn't be riding off the champions. Well, that's it. And, and all last week on the podcast, I think we all agreed that it was Chelsea's game. Um, City weren't going to really do much. And we're going to probably see Lukaku play well. And we actually all forgot about one very important fact. Pep Guardiola is a very good coach. Um, not sure how we all missed that one, but he reminded us again. Yeah. And Tuchel's been a bit of that, you know, Tuchel has beaten him the last three times uh, Chelsea mm. and City have played. And Pep went there with a clear plan and executed it. And that's a, he proves again why he's a very good coach. He, you know, they sat up a lot higher. They pressed. Chelsea had nothing. They had no shots on target. You know, it was a very good city performance. And it's just, it's a bit, it's very city like to do this. They drop points in games and you question them. And we all somehow forget that they've got very world class players that, you know, most of us would take in a lot of our teams. I can't believe you forgot um, that last week, to be honest. Look, out of all of us, I am disappointed in myself too, mm. Jimmy. Don't stress. Oh, yeah. I would have liked to have been the only one to go, you know, Pep's actually pretty good at what he does. But um, I don't think I'll question him again. I don't think Tuchel will take him lightly the next time they play each other. And I think it's going to be a great match. But I think for City, they look ahead at these next three fixtures. Um, or the next two fixtures, sorry. They've got PSG, obviously, in a couple of days' time. Then they've got Liverpool on the weekend. So oh, that's, that's they're going to be some big games. Yeah. Big, big games. And if they come away with two wins there... I think we almost start to re, you know, change our mind about who we had on top and who we had to take out the league at the end of the year. If I remember correctly, I, I think I had Man City one nil. So I think I got that right. But and you were talking about they've got no striker, but if they play the way they they do and they've got the quality up front, it doesn't really matter, does it? They got Liverpool on the weekend. We know that's a given win. I think PSG is a little bit of a, a tough one um, midweek. So- yeah, Jimmy. Um, I was going to say Gabriel Jesus. You know, are you saying that? They need that number nine, but he's he's been scoring a few goals. Well, it was a good it was a good goal. I mean, he controlled the ball well in the box, turned and, and finished. But I still do think that City. I mean, I think most City fans would want a bigger name striker than Jesus, and some of that was maybe going to score a bit more often. But look, if they're going to win games like they are, and they continue to do, who, how can you argue? How can you argue with Pep? What about Chelsea striker Romelu Lukaku? I mean, every time his record against top six clubs in the Premier League is awful. Uh, I can't remember the last time oh, he's actually bagged on. I mean, on he did do it against him. Arsenal. Come on, Nicholas. We just pumped he up his did, He did do it against week. Arsenal. He did against Arsenal. You always jump on. He did against One Arsenal, game. but they, they're not really, I wouldn't consider consider them a top side. But no, he just, he doesn't score against big he, clubs. He, since he, when? It even he's happened back when he was at United. He was playing Serie A. Give him some time, Nico. He's a new player. 
this is typical. This is typical worried Liverpool supporter who's trying to find little reasons as to why they're going to win the league. And then you go, oh, Lukaku didn't score in one game. I'll have a look at his record in here and here and here. No, didn't perform <laughs> Liverpool's home. Mate, come on, give him some. He didn't score at Anfield. He didn't score at Anfield a couple of weeks ago, and when he was at United, he oh, didn't when score he was at against United. top six God, clubs either. Go back but, how long? Come on. Uh, all right. Well, moving on, Jimmy, take yeah. us away from England for a bit. Oh, well, take us to Italy. Beautiful. Where uh, we want to be? Well, where we want to be is obviously in Italy. It's the best country in the world. It's the best league in the world. To be to be quite frank, a few things happened. So midweek. There was some games, obviously, because the Italians are pretty tough, so they can play a few games in a row. They don't mind it. Um, but the biggest news, I think, is probably Napoli are unbeaten on top. They won six out of six, which is pretty good. So that's that's probably the news of the week. The other one is Nick last week said Milan weren't a good squad. I was talking about how good they are in the youth and they're starting to get a really good system together and playing playing some good football. They've won five from six and only one draw, and he's just saying they're rubbish. I can't wait till Milan play Liverpool again in the Champions League and they and they defeat Liverpool because I want to see Nico Edi's words. They are a good side, Nick. You know what happened on the weekend? Guys, do you guys remember Paolo Maldini? I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're bringing this up, Jimmy, because that was a very good goal and a good debut performance. His son. That's right. Debut start for his son, Daniel, and he scores. How good is that? Doesn't it make us feel old? I mean, you know, we know um, Alan's 50th is coming up, but he probably feels 70 when he sees stuff like that. It just, time has flown and his son is scoring goals. It's unbelievable. They won 2-1 over Spezia. The Derby though, let's take a look at the, and the Derby della Capitale. This is between Lazio and Roma. Massive one. And this is probably the biggest derby in Italy. And when I was over there living in Italy, this is not like a friendly banter like me and Nick. It's more like Alan Nick. They hate each other genuinely. They can't stand each other, these two sides. And when I was there and we played five a side, and Al knows all about this in England, is that we could never play on the same like a Lazio supporter would never play on the same team as a Roma supporter. Not even just as a joke. They, they said they would refuse it. They don't. And someone told me, they said, I don't have friends, Lazio supporter. I don't have friends who are Roma supporters. I have acquaintances. They don't. They absolutely hate each other. This one was massive. Big opportunity for Jose Mourinho to come in and get his first derby win against a Lazio side who's been struggling. I think they're on a, a four-game streak of, of, of not notching up a win. They won 3-2 in a brilliant derby. And uh, and Maurizio Sarri played some good football with, it, with his side. And um, Chiro Mobile is a different player for Lazio than he is for the national side. So it's good to see him play some good football. Also, Pedro for Lazio against his old side, Roma, scores. So he'll be hated there. And um, classic Mourinho, um, Al, he came out and blamed the, the referees for the loss. Oh, that's a surprise, though, isn't it? After the last three three weeks, uh, I'm kind of missing him. I shouldn't say that, should I? Yeah, so uh, is this the start of the downfall? Al? The start of the downfall <laughs> was last week, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what you thought, actually. Yes, it's continuing that way, isn't it? Or, or I don't know if you saw the game, but he blamed the ref. He shouldn't because – and he said they dominated the game. It was a really open and, and entertaining game. But I hate it when he comes out and blames the, the refs. It's, it sounds like Nick, doesn't it? I don't often make excuses, mate, but – yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, Mourinho's always been like that, hasn't he? It's it's no surprise at all. He never uh, blames his players. He'll never blame himself. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's typical of Jose. So, but yeah, he, he hasn't made it till uh, Christmas yet. At least with Spurs last season, uh, they were top yep. of the table at Christmas, I think. So, and then that's when the downfall happened. So. I mean, I, I expect him. I expect Roma to uh, bounce back. I think they're a better side than Milan, um, of course. But 
He hates Malay. He ad- <laughs> but anyway, actually, we'll, we'll, we'll see know, what happens. I, know, I actually know because I forgot about this. Nico actually hates Milan because there's somebody that he knows who's a Milan supporter that he really dislikes. But he has this as all. Every time oh, Nico has a crack at a side, try and work out why. Find out about him and just realize why he really dislikes them. Boys, sorry, before we move on, I wanted to add something to this segment, right? So there's a lot of American, North American owners in the Serie A. And at the moment, they've got Roma, AC Milan, Fiorentina, Venezia, Bologna, Spezia, Parma, all have North American owners or Canadian owners. Who would you like to own in the Serie A? If you could own one team, who would it be? And I'm going to start with Al and then the rest of you choose. You can't choose the same team. Al gets to go first. He's, he's got a lot of money, Al. He's working for 70 years, so he might have a big super and uh, ready to buy a club when he's, it's time to retire. Who would you buy? Juventus. I'll go, I'll, go a bit, I'll go a step further now. I'll go Verona. And my reasoning is, is I actually have been to oh, Verona yeah. and I loved it. It was a lovely little place. And I actually saw a game there and it was a good atmosphere. So, you know what? I'll go Verona for that that fact only. And the food was amazing. I'm quite surprised being, being a United, you know, United supporter. You wouldn't go for one of the top top teams. I don't, I don't miss winning that much that I've got to pick that team to take it out. I'm, I'm not worried. United will bring me some you know happiness soon. So it's fine. I'll, I'll try and go for someone outside of the, the big market clubs in Italy. Um, I'm going to go with, oh, I'll go with Palermo. One of the best kids oh. in the world, the pink and black. Jeez, Palermo. Stay in Sicily, the hometown, yep. the motherland. They're struggling at the moment too, so they got to promote it a couple of times to be able to uh, compete, but that's a nice one. That's good. And Al, you might as well give a reason now because we all did. Why was it Juventus? I did, mate. It's just because you support them and uh, oh. you know, they're pretty much the only only team that I know in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Al. That was great. No, I just yeah, I like the kit as well. No, it's mm. um yeah, I've got no, I've got no other reason. I, I, that's it. It's the biggest club in Italy. It's got a good kit. I mean, that's good enough for me. Boys, uh, it's been good, but now it's time for my favorite part of the show, and it is the player players of the week in the Premier League. Mm. So this is going to be interesting. I'll start off with you, Al. What do you have? Well, I'm going to go for and you know United player United supporters. I'm going to I'm going to like this. Uh, but I'm going to go for Ruben Diaz. Didn't, didn't give Lukaku a Chelsea sniff all game. And uh, in particular, that block on Kovacic at the end was just immense and saved a certain goal. Um, but you talk about, we're talking about Chelsea's squad and depth there, but you have both Diaz and Laporte, who was also superb. Um, he's keep, They're keeping out John Stones. You know, he's a regular for England. Starts all the time. You know, it's, you've got Sterling still a bit part player too. But... Um, yeah, I'm going for the the big big centre half because he was he was pretty pretty solid at the back there. That that is a fair call. Their defence was very solid. Mitch, I almost was going to make Jimmy's day. There was a part of me that wanted to absolutely be goalkeeper, but I've gone away from it. But I will give him a special mention. The Wolves keeper Saar, phenomenal. Just pulled off a few really good double saves. Um, had the assist for Jimenez too, and I think that was a very nice moment. Um, to see Jimenez finally score. First goal back from, um, obviously, his injury 10 months ago, I think. So, you know, it was a special moment for him. But my player of the week, and Jimmy, if you if you want to give, if you're going to give this reward out for good reasoning and a good argument, then it doesn't get better than this. My player of the week is a player that has scored a hat-trick this weekend. The imperfect hat-trick, Jamie Vardy. Two goals of his own and the own goal. And they're were, they were all very good finishes. Now, a little bit of trivia. A little bit of trivia. Can anyone name another player that has done that sort of a hat trick? I feel like it's been done recently. 
Um, I feel like it wasn't that long ago. Is this in the Premier League only? It is not the Prem. I had to. I I had did a bit of research, not too much, but just enough mm. that I could only find one player, and we'd have awesome. to go all the way down to League Two and Oxford. And it was Michael Dubry who actually oh. did a little bit oh, better. God, than I Barty. can't believe I forgot that. Mate, well, you had posted on your wall, Jimmy. So I'm, <laughs> I I'm shocked. I love the dude. <laughs> but he scored two own goals and a goal in a two-all draw. So, you know, a little bit, yeah, not as good as Vardy. But, look, for me, Vardy was good. He, he does what he, you know, did what he does well. And he scored two goals. They were good finishes. Mm. And, you know, Leicester, I think, really needed a result in that game. But he couldn't, unfortunately, get that part done. But, no, let Jamie Vardy, just all class with his two goals. And he's my vote. He did make amends. He did save Leicester. And Jimmy? Mm. Well, Al made a pretty good point. I didn't mind his, but, you know, Mitch was pretty trash because they didn't win the game and he scored an own goal, which makes it irrelevant. So that's a cross. So I'm just fighting against Al here. What I think, and he, and Mitch did mention this man, so I'm surprised he didn't go, roll Jimenez, right? He fractured his skull last year. He was fighting for his life. Doctors said they didn't think he'd he'd be able to live, let alone play again. He comes out and they and. To add to that, he's been he's copping it. Oh, he's never going to score again. This guy can't play. What's he doing? Yeah, feel sorry for him. Don't let him play. He comes out and scores the winner. Trademark strike. Brilliant one nil win for the Wolves. What a fairy tale story. He was player of the week, undoubtedly. You've got to give it to me this week, Nick. It was it was a good finish from him. It was a great story. Um, it was too. really good to see him back on the score sheet. Yeah, absolutely. Um and another special mention, one that flew under the radar, was Saka as well. I thought he was very good in the North London derby. Um, goal and assist. Um, I think Al mentioned him a little bit earlier before. Yeah, he was very good. But, yeah, it, it's a tough three. But really. with the one vote, sorry, Jimmy, you, I'm going to no, have to go this with is, no, this, Jimenez. Oh, it was the funny the vote. first two weeks. Now it's just ridiculous. Are you serious or what? I'm sorry. I mean, it, look, it was great seeing him um, back on the score sheet and it was a well-taken finish. I did watch that game because it was the well, earlier fixture. So. You've got a podcast talking um, about it. Yeah, that's it. But he, I don't know. I don't think he dominated as oh, much as uh, the other scored, two did. Mate. Apologies. No, apologies. And for two votes, for two votes, Jamie Vardy. Yeah. <laughs> um, did, did score the brace, did score the brace, but like Jimmy said, he did get the own goal and this was a win that we expected from Leicester. So, uh, yeah, he, he didn't really complete the job even though uh, he did score the imperfect hat-trick and that leaves obviously Ruben Diaz for the three votes. I mean, Manchester City didn't concede a shot on goal against Lukaku or against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. The pressure was on City as well after, um, yeah, after they had the pressure on themselves to get the win. They drew to Southampton last week and their defense was incredible. Ruben Diaz was the, he was the reason for that. So yeah, Diaz three votes and yeah, I guess that, that wraps it up. Any last words, boys? What are the games you're looking forward to? Hey, what? There's so many that I'm looking forward to as I flick on my uh, APL live app, which everyone should get on a download and uh, make sure that we've all got a job still. Um, I think it's Manchester United and Everton because that is a perfect kickoff time as well. Nine thirty PM. My God! And Nico laughs. That's a, that's a cracker match. And it's the first. It's the first. It's the first game you saw when you opened up. That's the true. Yard. But it's at nine thirty, and it's my <laughs> team. And also, Nico. Nico's um, a beautiful partner. She supports Everton, and he's got a little soft spot for Everton. So he's been talking him up all season. So I can't wait for United really? to win, Not and really. it'll be a very um, unhappy household at the Ghoulie Minos. That's for sure. That's my game. 
but then I'll be watching the game afterwards with better interest and that'll be Burnley-Norwich. It's it's the game where whoever wins, assuming there's a win, it'll be their first win of the season. So it's going to be a big game. And with how Burnley played mm. against Leicester... It'll be a draw. Oh, if it's going to be a draw, I'll be heartbroken <laughs> because Burnley, that's not what Burnley need. But look, hopefully Burnley can get, that, get a win there. They look better against uh, Leicester than they have in previous matches. So look, hopefully another big performance and they can get three points and just creep their way, start to creep out of that relegation zone. And that's my match of the week. There are there are still how many five five teams without a win, which is crazy after six games. So yeah, hopefully hopefully there is a winner out of that one. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see actually. And Al, well, I mean you already sorry, mentioned it. For, no, no, not that game. To be honest with you, I want to go for Liverpool <laughs> City. Uh, that's that's the big one. That's the big. I think those two, yeah. those two, yeah, are the ones to beat at the moment. Are they? So I, I don't know why I game. thought that was going to be at Eddie had, but. Yeah, just looking at that. That's at Anfield, which is interesting. I was worried there for a second. Handy, app. Handy app there. So yeah, that's it. That's that's what it's useful for. Um, but yeah, that'll be great. Looking forward to that one. Need a win. Need to win that. That's huge. But yeah, that's, that's all from us this week on the Offside Report. Thanks again for tuning in and looking forward to recapping all of the weekend's action again next week. So until next time, see you guys later.